Monday is Pelicans Media Day. Is this the most hyped, exciting, optimistic season the Pelicans have ever had? Or have we been here before and maybe we're primed for a letdown? Let's break down why and why not in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday final show of the week. And don't forget, we are back to five days a week, starting on Monday with Media Day. We'll have a new show out to get you set for that. So please... Make sure Locked On Pelicans is your first listen today and every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, are you excited for this Pelican season? Because I am. I have a feeling you are too. Most people I've talked to are very, very excited, including Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. It's awesome, right? So is this the most excited we've ever been? Is this the most hyped we've ever been? Should we be the most hyped for this upcoming Pelican season? I think there's a good case for that, but the Pelicans also have a pretty bad history of seasons like this. It feels like we've been here multiple times before, right? One of the questions I always get at the beginning of every season is, should I get excited about this team? Should I emotionally invest into this team? Matt Moscona always jokes about this with me on ESPN Radio when I go on with him. Because historically, this team has let you down. They haven't made back-to-back playoffs since the 07-08 and 08-09 season. And they've only done it twice total, including their first two years in the league. They've made back-to-back playoffs twice. That's not a great track record, right? And they made the playoffs last season. It feels like odds are against them. And you can go back through a couple of them, right? The most recent year before this past season when they made the playoffs, uh, 17-18 season, they swept the Blazers. But you also had the boogie injury. And then next season, the team went 33-49. and You had the Anthony Davis trade request in there. And that was just kind of always hanging over this team, preventing people from getting excited. It always just kind of felt like with Anthony Davis wanting out knowing he was going to want out eventually, the rug was going to kind of be pulled out from under us. And it made that next season, you know, in the lead up to that season, despite the sweep of the Blazers, not feel really great. In 14-15, they made the playoffs on the final day of the season, the first time Anthony Davis would get into the postseason. Monty Williams' final year there in New Orleans. Next season, they went 30-52 and in Alvin Gentry's first year. And this was just kind of like the normal Pelican season, right? Alonzo Gee played the fifth most minutes on the team. Dante Cunningham played the third most minutes on the team. Drew Holiday missed a lot of time with his, with his wife going through their pregnancy and some of the issues that she had as well. It was just one of those things of like, yeah, this team actually wasn't that good even despite all of that. If Dante Cunningham is playing the third most minutes on the roster, ugh, there's, there's nothing anything good there. Ryan Anderson was, you know, injured throughout the year. So was Anthony Davis. So was Tyreek Evans. Just an overall mess for this team. But we were talking ourselves into these guys. Dante Cunningham, you know, Solomon Hill at other times too. And 
it's not what you want to do. When you look at that team, just the talent wasn't there. You might be able to get into the postseason because the Thunder got knocked out and you got kind of lucky that year, but that probably wasn't going to be the most sustainable situation for the Pelicans. So next season in 15-16, they completely floundered. And then you can even go back to 2010-2011. You know, they made the playoffs. Chris Paul had an incredible triple-double against the Lakers, pushed them to six games as they were the seventh seed, the Lakers were the two. But next year, Chris Paul wanted out. We had a feeling that was going to be coming, and it kind of dampened going into next year. So it really takes going back to that 07-08 season and being like, man, look at how good they were, taking the Spurs, you know, to the distance of wire in the first in in the playoffs. Maybe they'll be able to put it all together next year. And, you know, things kind of came crashing down to a to a degree, you know. And so when you look at it, you know, their history isn't great. So should you get excited? Should you be hopeful for this? And I see some some things and some themes looking back at some of these teams, particularly that final one with Chris Paul in 2010, 2011, and then 14, um, sorry, and then it was 17, 18, right? You had the trade request right after both of those seasons, immediately after both of those seasons, the subsequent season. That's not ideal. But here's the thing, right? Like circumstances are are different now. And even when you look at that 14, 15 team, there wasn't actually that much talent in there. We were talking ourselves into guys like Omer Oshik, Dante Cunningham, and others. That's not the case this year. Let's look at why you should be incredibly excited, incredibly hyped. And maybe this is the most exciting, you know, going into a season period of time that we've ever had, you know, with this team here in New Orleans. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your football betting this season. So you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find over at BetOnline.net. And as always... BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Whether that's live betting, in-game scores, you can get uh, updated odds, you can get e-scores, all of that as I hit the wrong button here. There it goes. Um, Over at BetOnline.net. So BetOnline, the easiest space to check in on MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, whatever it it might be interested in. NFL, you can certainly get any college sports and, of course, the NBA. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action happening right now over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. We're back to five days a week starting on Monday with Media Day. I will be there. I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. So make sure Locked On Pelicans is your first listen to catch up on everything related to the New Orleans Pelicans. As we're talking about today, you might be really excited. It might be the most hyped season we've ever been, the most optimistic we've ever been about the future of this franchise. So as I've said, it feels like if someone comes to you and says, well, they've been here before, they always let me down. To be perfectly honest, like, yeah, they do. There's a reason for that. But it does feel different this year. You know, everyone's under contract for two more years. Most importantly, Zion's locked in on a five-year extension with no player option. You know, this is closer to the 14-15 team than 17-18. Really, Larry Nance Jr. is the only expiring deal, only expiring contract, only expiring player that you'd really like to retain, that you feel really good about being kind of a key piece going forward for the team. There's also Jackson Hayes, too, if you really want to count him. But what makes them different from 14-15 is 
the young talent on this squad. You know, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, the rookies from last year are in line for real big roles. And Herb already has one, right? And we're expecting Trey to really improve. Brandon Ingram, entering his sixth, seventh year in the league here, isn't close to 30 yet. He's a former All-Star. He won Most Improved Player. You have Jose Alvarado, who's proven that he can play. And of course, you still have Zion Williamson, lest you forget two years ago, was utterly dominant on a level that we have rarely seen in the league with how good he can be offensively. And they're all under contracts. They're all young. They're still improving. And you have the right kind of veteran mix here. You have Jonas Valanciunas, who does have this year and another year on his deal. And of course, you have CJ McCollum, the guy kind of holding a lot of it together, that strong locker room veteran presence that you want him to be, while also being an outstanding player that's going to help space the court for Zion and give him a shooter, sorry JJ Redick, that he's never played with before. When you look at all of this, there's no reason to be like not excited about it. There's no reason to think that they will let you down other than usual growing pains of a young team. That's very different than trying to talk ourselves into scrubs being good players or rotation guys being above average starters, which we've done tremendously well and many times in the past. And you don't have to do that this season. This year definitely is different in terms of the roster makeup. The other things that you've got to factor in too, you know, they have a ton of future first round picks, their own a Lakers pick, Bucks picks, whatever it might be, they have tons of assets they can use to remake this roster if things start to falter or they don't feel particularly good about a player or a position that they have. They can call in or trade for, more importantly, not Bogdanovich anymore, reinforcements should the need arise. That flexibility to keep improving the team is really important. That's different than any time under Dell Demps when they didn't have future first-round picks because they had already traded them for not great players or players who were injured or players who had left. You know, the war chest is very much stocked here. And you also have a coach that you really believe in. You know, New Orleans has not had the Pelicans, the Hornets, have not had a coach like this since like early Byron Scott, since one or two years of Monty Williams, I think. But Willie Green seems to be the right head coach at the right time for this team. And I think that's really important. Again, I've told you the story of Todd Graffinini, radio voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, telling me, in Willie we trust. I definitely buy into that. That's a motto. You know, we've seen his speech that you got to fight to get them through that play-in tournament game against the Los Angeles Clippers to get them into the postseason. That's the right guy to kind of know this team, relate to them, get the most out of them. You have strong assistant coaches as well that are excellent when it comes to player development. There's no reason to think that this is just going to be, you know, a one-and-done season for New Orleans. This feels like it can continue on for a really long time. The fact is, many of you have told me, and I think it is completely ridiculous, and that's okay, that you want to see like a a 10, 15-year dynasty of things. And that tells you how you feel about this and how much you think, you know, the line can go up on this team, the trajectory can improve. And you're not wrong on some of that 10 years is, is crazy right we've never really seen a run like that for the most part other than maybe the spurs uh but they weren't winning titles throughout all of those 10 years so you look at this team though there's no reason they can't be a solid playoff team for the next four or five years with the ability to potentially go beyond that and that's what's so exciting you know there's other factors into this too though the show's going to be a little bit shorter today there's other factors that go into it beyond just kind of the guys 
in improving. And we'll get into that in the, in the third segment here. But Brandon Ingram has grown as a player this past year and kind of developed into the type of player this team needs. He can pass the ball, right? He, he set a career high in assists last season. Zion coming back playing with offensive talent like this is going to ease the burden on him a little bit. One that should make him less susceptible to kind of taking big hits, damage, if you will, and should help kind of improve his longevity and staying out there on the court. But it also means with more threats, if you let him get a one-on-one matchup, he's just going to cook. You double him. I feel comfortable at whoever he's going to get the ball to. We haven't always felt that way around this team. So just the talents there, it's young talent too, which I think for the most part is a really important thing. And they're all under contract. They're all under contract. This team might get expensive one day. And I've talked about that. We did a salary cap breakdown. But that day isn't this season. It's not even two years necessarily from now if the salary cap keeps going up. And we did a show on that talking about why you should want that, why you want a play, uh, an in-season tournament and other things. So when you kind of factor all of that in, get really excited for this coming season. You know, they're not, this has been a quiet off season for New Orleans. That's great. Look at what the Celtics have gone through. Trades, injuries, now their head coach and that drama. Oh, or the Suns and how's that going to impact them and everything they're going through. None of that here in New Orleans. Quiet off season was, uh, quiet off season was exactly what you wanted. People underestimating the Pelicans, as we've talked about on the show, too. Also what you've wanted. This has been ideal for New Orleans, and that should make you really excited because, look, I can tell you there's a big fan base out there ready to explode for this team. I've seen it in the numbers of Locked On Pelicans. I've seen it in Twitter interactions and other things. You know, when you look at this team, it's the right timing for them to capture New Orleans. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Now go make the NBA Top 50 on Locked On NBA your second listen. Which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked On and Bet Online odds makers present the NBA's Top 50 Most Valuable Players. Find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. And also make sure Locked On Saints is also in your rotation. Ross Jackson going to be in London. He's going to be in Carolina. He's going to all the road games. It's awesome coverage here at Locked On. We also both host one day a week the national show. Locked On NBA does an insane thing. It's like over half a million listens per month. And he and I each get on our respective national show, Locked On NFL for him, Locked On NBA for me, to host one day a week. New Orleans getting that, I think, is a very, very cool thing. So listen to all the Locked On shows, but make sure Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Saints, your first and second listen. So we're talking about why... This is probably the most hyped people have been, the most exciting season for New Orleans Pelicans, the most anticipated. That's probably the word that I haven't said once and should have been saying at other times. Something about this team this year feels like it can really captivate New Orleans in a way that we haven't seen before. And that is not to say that New Orleans is not a basketball city because that was laid to rest during that playoff run with the Phoenix Suns. If anyone tells you that, they're dumb, they're stupid, they're uninformed. But when you look at this team, it feels like they are going to take over the city. It feels like they're going to take over the city and almost kind of fulfill the destiny to be dramatic. The promise that they seemed to have when Zion was drafted and ESPN, Marty Smith was here, right? People were changing names of streets to be Zion and other things. When you factor those type of expectations in, it feels like it's going to get fulfilled this year. 
Maybe, maybe the Saints are going to be a little bit down this year. LSU might struggle as well. So the Pelicans, with that, kind of look to fill some of the void to be a good team that's going to be in competition all year long. I don't know about the Saints or LSU yet. It's early in their seasons. But you get what I'm saying. And this team has the right kind of attitude. They're an easy team to root for. That's what you want. They're young. Everyone loves to buy in emotionally, invest in jerseys financially on young teams because it feels like you grow with them. You watch them rise from little babies to being grown men winning NBA titles and you've been along with them on that journey and that's a really wonderful thing. You have an old aging team that maybe will be okay or not. People don't get as excited about that because you can't watch them grow. They like to see the long-term potential. That's why draft picks get people so excited. This team is very young, right? They have the right kind of attitude. They talked about it a lot last year. And I said, this is always BS to me in media days and other things. When you hear it, literally every GM, every coach say, we want our team to play a style of basketball or football or soccer. That's representative of the city that they're based in. What does it even mean? Right? What does playing like New Orleans mean? It's, it's a lot of word salad to me in a certain way and a cliche. It sounds good though, but you kind of felt it from this team. Didn't you? You kind of felt it from this Pelicans team this past year whether it was Willie Green and the you got to fight or everyone kind of counting them out and being like, whatever, just fold. You don't need to make the playing tournament. What's the point? Same for the city, right? No one needs to live there with hurricanes and other things. And despite all that, it's it's a big like F you to those people. We're going to just do it because it's what we do and what we want to do. And the Pelicans wanted to make the postseason and get a taste of it. Even if we didn't think they would realistically get out of the first round, they still wanted to get there. That could have hurt draft positioning, things like that. But it's what you do. And so you like that attitude from this team. That fight from this team. They're not filled with dudes who are just getting knocked down and fall and stay on the ground like Anthony Davis, which made it tough to root for him, right? No one's going out and doing annoying or bad things. They just kind of put their nose down and they play basketball and they do it in a fun way. Jose Alvarado is a joy to watch with the sneaky steals, which might be harder this year, but you dig that. The way he got up in Chris Paul's face and was guarding him full court. Awesome. Herb Jones on the ground on a tough play in the postseason, and Chris Paul goes to help him up, and he's like, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. The kind of the pettiness coming out of them, which is very <laughs> evocative of the Pelicans fan base, Saints fan base, just New Orleans in general, which is a lot of fun. They have that. So there is that degree of them kind of playing like the city, being representative of the city too. It makes it easy to root for a team like that makes you want to watch that team and pay attention to what they're doing. And you're going to be able to do that this year because media days on Monday, the first preseason game is on the 7th. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. And I think it's why maybe this is the most anticipated season in Pelicans history. Let me know in the comments down below. Do you agree or disagree? So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans this week of Locked on Pelicans. We'll be back on Monday. We're back to five days a week, so please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Let him get clued in to what's going to be a real fun year. And of course, comment down below on YouTube. Number one thing you can do to help support the show. Keep it free and five days a week for y'all. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with y'all on Monday to get you set for Media Day.